What's up, y'all? I am Chris Chouse, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. Joining me again is my co-host, Mr. Chris Kennedy. What is going on, buddy? So what's going on is I had a I had an interesting experience uh, today at, at work, okay? So for those of you who don't know, uh, I'm the general manager of a small golf course um, where I live on Martha's Vineyard. And um, we, we're a very casual golf course, okay? We're, we're nine holes. It's a par three course with a couple of short par fours. Super fun, you know, very relaxed, uh, casual environment. And where I, I live, you know, it's not super fancy as far as amenities are concerned. Mm-hmm. So we have a, uh, we have a porta potty. Um, shout out to Dottie's Potty, which is like the VIP, okay, of porta potties out there. And um, VIP, and you so mean the, it like massages things while you're t- doing your business or, or what do you mean? Uh, all right. So maybe, maybe like, like ZIP then not VIP. Okay, we'll go a little bit enough. later. Continue. And we're not going to, we're going to mention what Z means. So with that said, uh, they come and clean out the porta potties every Monday. Okay. Uh, septic guy comes in, takes care of the porta potty every single Monday. And so took care of it yesterday. It was as clean as a whistle. And then today, this afternoon, I had uh, a friend of mine come to the course with his girlfriend and he departs uh, Dottie's potty and he goes, so uh, Chris, I think somebody had an accident on the floor of the porta potty. Somebody actually just like completely missed the toilet and just shit all over the floor. Nice. Of said porta potty. Um, and Hey, guess who got to, to clean up that mess as the general manager, The general manager, man, that is your role. You're the one that can yeah. touch uh, fecal matter, like nobody's business, but let's put this in, into perspective here. The amount of distance from the seat of the toilet to the floor is like four inches. Okay. Like four inches. So that's, How that means it's miss? intentional. It's intentional, man. That's what it was. Did you piss somebody off? I mean, probably. Yeah. But like. I mean, come on. Who does that? See, they got who you raised back. who raised you <laughs> savages, man. That's who raised them. You bunch of savages. There's a so hole instead of in the ground for a reason, you know, instead of like, you know, oh, somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Yeah. Somebody had a case of the Tuesdays. Yeah. Taco Tuesdays, man. Lay off them tacos. Man. <laughs> Lay off them tacos. Oh, buddy, we have so much football again to discuss. It is actually crazy. I love it. I mean, preseason week one is in the books, mm. you know, yep. and I mean, there was a lot of good things to like. I mean, it's a lot of the younger talent. We saw that and I was paying close attention. I watched a lot of the games. I went back and watched a lot of the replays. And, and I mean, there was a lot of things to like. I mean, we said we have this whole listing of it. We're going to definitely talk about them. But let's go with injuries again. I mean, injuries to start yeah. off to get these people in the know. Because, I mean, there's a lot of it. I mean, and for fantasy football, your drafts are coming up very soon. I mean, you got to be hit on the injury wire. So let's start off with Rashad Bateman. I mean, okay, he's been out. We know this, but he had core muscle surgery, man. And I'm like, whoa, is this like a sports hernia on the guy more than a groin? Like, this is not a good look uh, for my belief that Bateman's actually going to be something this season. I mean, Coach Harbaugh said they, uh, they're they hoping that he makes it back sometime in September. That does not give me the warm and fuzzies, Chris. Well, no, because you figure that the, the season starts, you know, what, second week of September. So sometime in September, does that mean what, the end of September? Is he going to miss the first three, four weeks of the season? I mean, and this is a guy who was burning Marlon Humphrey in, in camp. 
So the fact mm. that he could be missing two to three weeks, that's very, very concerning for me. Yeah. And I mean, the core muscle stuff, man, that is not something to play around with. And how many times you see guys regress even after they come back and they, and they re-injure the problem. This does not bode well for Rashad Bateman whatsoever. And I'm kind of looking at his rookie uh, uh, class teammate to come up and a Tylen Wallace to actually step up. And he's been disappointing so far. So, I mean, it's Sammy Watkins or bust at this point. And that's scary for if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan and you're banking on Sammy Watkins to be your full-time wide receiver too, like wide receiver one, that's that's no bueno, which means Mr. Mark Andrews stock is just going to go skyrocketing. Skyrocket. And a guy named uh, Mr. J.K. Dobbins, wink, wink, do mm. not be fooled. Chris was telling me, what was that stat? I, I can't remember. Did you say it last uh, last show where J.K. was actually a PPR gold mine in, in the making? He is. So that's the other thing, too, is that if these receivers are unable to handle the load, I mean, yes, Lamar Jackson does kind of cap off the potential for rushing abilities for J.K. Dobbins. But watch out for this man in the passing game. I love it. I'm all in, man. I love J.K. so much. And I mean, okay, one man's injury is another man's opportunity, as we always say. So, I mean, depending, we're hoping Bateman comes back and fully healthy because we're big fans of his game. But I mean, JK, man, I'm in, buddy. (laughs) I'll take you at your ADP and I'll be laughing all the way to the bank. Oh, absolutely. I mean, right now, the guy's going in like the middle of the third round. If he can be my RB2 in the third round, absolutely. Because this is a guy that could finish as at least a top 15 potentially low-end RB1 for the 2021 season. I'm going top 10 this year. If he doesn't go top 10, I'm okay eating my words because that's how high I am on Mr. J.K. Dobbins. But Mr. Bateman, we wish you well, sir. We wish you well. Another big wide receiver. We talked about this pre-show before we started recording. Mr. Chase Claypool. He He hurts himself again in practice. He had to be helped off by Eric Ebron and Ben Roethlisberger. Everyone was freaking out and saying, you know, again, everyone fears the ACL. Looks like it was an ankle ankle injury. They're saying it's not serious. You read the reports as well. I mean, what are they saying about Mr. Chase Claypool? Yeah, so, so right now they're saying that while it did look really bad to everybody on the field, uh, there are reports saying that the injury was a minor sprain to his ankle, uh, which as long as that is the correct diagnosis, it should be a breath of fresh air to everybody out there so that Claypool should be good to go for week one. So, And that's great news. And, and the thing is, is that this is his second time already getting injured in the last two weeks. Um, Hall of Fame game, he fell, hurt his shoulder, got up, recovered. Yeah. And then ankle again. So here's the thing. I, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine about Chase. And, and it was like, he he actually texted me and he was like, Chase is hurt again, shake my head, etc. We started talking and I said, it's because he's so big. I mean, is this the problem that his, his mass just can't uh, sustain because he just, he falls down awkwardly or he's too big. He falls and he hurts himself, etc. I mean, is this a a Julio Jones type of thing in the making for a guy who has a lot of talent? But I mean, is it faster? I mean, Julio at least had a couple of years before the body started breaking down. Are we seeing something like this with Claypool? I mean, this is kind of the debate we were having. It was kind of interesting. I want to I want to know your thoughts. I mean, I think for for somebody like Julio, I mean, he was pretty healthy for most of his career um you know back in 2013 he did only play five games but after that he was averaging 14 15 games a season um and again i got another big body calvin johnson 
He stayed mm. fairly healthy throughout his entire career. So this is might be a little bit more worrisome for me for Claypool, where he is getting these little, these minor injuries here and there. Um, I don't know if he's not just not, you know, where he was a rookie last year, you know, let him come into his own a little bit. And maybe he just needs to take care of his body a little bit more. Um, but I think where he is so young, I'm not ready to be so worried this early. Like if he continues over the next year or two, then yeah, I would definitely wave the red flag. Yeah, I'm starting to take notice though. And I, I mean, I get it. I get, I totally understand what you're saying because I, I don't want to be fearful of, you know, freak injuries on a player, especially at this youth who can, who can move forward very quickly in recovery. But I don't know, man, I'm starting to fear a little bit because I mean, if he goes down with one more, so he he comes back week one from this, I, I, I really don't see him playing them playing him in the preseason anymore. But if he comes back week one week th- up to week three and he hurts himself again, I mean, I'm going to start being like, yeah, I'm, I'm sweating, man, you know? Yep. I, I completely agree with you, especially where I just recently traded for him in mm. a dynasty league and I gave up probably more than I should have. So I need this guy to stay healthy. You know, you jinxed it. You bastard. You jinxed the man. Give him back I overpaid, to whoever you traded. I, I overpaid for him and it's coming back to bite me in the butt. Yeah, I see. I see. My boy, Stefan Diggs, man, he continues to be hampered with that knee injury. Coach Sean McDermott has said he is not concerned that it will linger for the whole year. I mean, are you concerned? Because you know what's funny is that he was playing hurt last year, still balled out. He had what that hip, that knee. And I mean, he had a bunch of ailments and we just didn't even know. I think even the ribs at one point. And I mean, whatever cortisone they were shooting him up with, it made him uh, go through. But I mean, we're only in, in week one of the preseason training camp. And and Diggs got a knee, especially when you're taking him potentially as your top wide receiver in fantasy football drafts. I mean, are we worrying? Because, I mean, I'm taking my fandom as a Bills fan right out. And if I'm saying I'm drafting Stefan Diggs, I'm a little bit worried. Yeah, I'd be a little bit worried, too. Um, I currently have Stefan Diggs as my wide receiver three uh, right behind Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. And all these guys, like there, there are three guys that are going right next to each other with Diggs, Ridley, and Hopkins. They're all going picks 202 to 204 in 12 team leagues. So I mean, if if I have that one of those picks 202 through through 204, taking Diggs is going to be a little bit of an issue for me, especially as my wide receiver one. You might be looking at guys like Ridley or Hopkins. I mean, even somebody like a Tyree Kill if he's still there. I mean, it's Diggs, right? I mean. Is he worth the risk? I, I guess is the question. Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 It just, it, this is one of those things. It's like Michael Thomas last year. You take Michael Thomas and he basically screws you for the whole season. Do I believe Diggs won't play through this because they're, they're calling it a minor knee uh, issue. They're not even calling it a sprain. And I mean, maybe it's just swelling around the knee. I still don't know. They had the bill. Everyone's being so tight lipped around these damn injuries, man. Give me the news. I need the news. But I mean, Diggs to me obviously is going to be one of these guys that is going to be the top wide receivers uh, in fantasy football again, barring health. But I mean, the fact that McDermott said he doesn't feel like it's going to linger through the the season Mm -hmm. almost tells me that you think it is like stop with these mind games. And if it lingers, it lingers, but like, how much is it going to actually hamper his physical ability? You know, sure. that's what, that's, that's what I want to know. Like, is it something that where he's going to have to get shut down after, you know, a certain number of weeks, or is it something where he can still play through and be productive? Because I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, in Buffalo, who knows what's going to be happening with Cole Beasley and his situation. So Stefan, it could be Stefan Diggs and Stefan Diggs alone. So this could be a man that's in for a huge 
Michael Thomas-esque target share. Ooh. Ooh. And don't forget about my boy, Gabe Davis. Come on. I, I agree. And I'm not, I'm not saying Stefan Diggs is going to become a slant boy because that's, that's Michael Thomas and Michael Thomas alone. Mm-hmm. But Diggs could be in line for a huge, huge workload this season. He just needs to stay hell on the field. Oh, I love it. Wide receiver one, top wide receiver in the entire draft, I think so. Which is great for a team that's probably going to finish second in the AFC East. Why? Why you got to do it? Why you got to be a dick, man? (laughs) You know, like I don't have enough stress in my life these days. You got to, you know, just nail it down. Speaking of stress, Johnu Smith, man, he joins. Oh, no. He joins your boy Hunter Henry in the medical room. And man, this is a lot of money sitting on sitting on the uh, medical tables, man. He goes down with an ankle sprain, low ankle sprain. I mean, they're saying that's not serious as well. But I mean, Chris, this is starting to become a a theme once again in New England. Yeah, because there's no timetable for when Johnny Smith is going to come back. They're saying Hunter Henry is going to miss a few weeks. All right. And this is not good because Henry has a history of missing games with injuries. Johnny Smith, he had his injury issues last year. And these are these were our top two priorities in free agency this this year. Okay, mm-hmm. Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. These were our wide receiver ones, and then we just decided to go spend a ton of money on like six wide receiver fours. So yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure what's going to happen. I mean, if these guys, they need to be ready for week one. They need to be healthy for week one because if they are not, this offense is going to struggle because there's no clear cut true number one receiver because the team doesn't have an alpha receiver. Let's be honest. I mean, absolutely. Jacoby Myers is probably the closest thing to a wide receiver one. The Patriots have right now. And that doesn't make me feel comfortable. I I wouldn't be comfortable. I'd be, I'd be terrified. And you hear what they said about cam today, (laughs) whoever they were scrimmaging against, they were calling them out and they're like, this guy's captain check down, captain check down. And then right away he threw down to James white and the whole defense erupted, man. You didn't see that. You know why? Because the guy can't throw 10 yards down the field. No, His shoulder is, has never recovered from that injury three years ago. No, he cannot recover. He is. That arm, unfortunately, is about to fall off. It's like Big Ben. At least Ben has still got the bubble gum keeping nope. it together. But but with that said, mm. Cam will start the season no, he as will the not. quarterback. Yes, he will. I and want my Mac beers, Jones, man. I want my Mac beers. Mac Jones may take over by week two, but Cam Newton will be the week one wow. starting quarterback. Okay, so did we did we put a caveat on that if Cam gets replaced in like the first quarter or is it just week one? No, he has to be named the first week. Damn starter. it! You know what? I'm and like, still, and like, I'm and, like fi- and like, and like, physically take the the first snap of the game. I'm still confident, man. You're gonna owe me a, a twelve pack. It's gonna taste glorious. I've already got. I already have the beer that I want. <laughs> that I'm. I'm like texting you now. So is that right? Yeah. Okay. I'll yeah. I'll give you back the ones I want to, and we're gonna just. You're gonna just give it to me now. <laughs> just give it now, man. Send me the funds. We're good. Elijah we're so close. Moore, we're right? so close from week one. We are. It's getting closer. I'm actually starting to sweat a little bit, but I, I think my beer is going to be very refreshing and I'll, I'll take photos of every single beer that I drink. <laughs> How's that sound? I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> Elijah Moore, man. He hurt his quad before the week one preseason contest. I mean, there wasn't a lot of concern mm-hmm. from Jets camp, but I mean, this sucks, man. We've been hoping and waiting to see him play. And then quads, okay, at least it's not a hammy. A quad can be a strain, and it can be, you know, recovered with uh, treatment, obviously. But, I mean, um, the way the Jets played, I, I I liked what I saw. They they looked good. It just would have been so much better to see Elijah Moore at least catch one pass to see what we're dealing with. 
I agree. And, and Elijah Moore has been getting a lot of like great positive feedback so far from camp. So and other NFL players, like not on his team, like o- OBJ has come out and said how much he's a fan of, of, of Elijah Moore. So mm. I think the injury is a little bit of a setback, but with that being said, I don't see someone like Keelan Cole taking his spot as a starter. You know, like I think it's going to be Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder and more like that's going to be your starting receivers. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, you know, at this point, if, if they do rest him next week, I think they're probably going to try to get him in on week three, at least just to get some snaps. He'll probably play like maybe 10 to 15 snaps and then they'll pull him out if he's healthy enough just so that they have him for the regular season and they and they had mm-hmm. him on the field. Right. That's kind of how I see this happening. No, I, I completely agree. I think he's going to be ready for week one. And like most rookies, yeah, it might take him a couple of weeks to really kind of get into the flow. But once he does, I think that he's going to be an absolute stud. Agreed. Cannot disagree whatsoever. So anyway, moving right along, man. You know what? This is so funny because Chris's camera froze and I'm just like, you know what, dude? Fix your shit. I can't. Now I don't even know if you're frozen or if you're not anymore, man. You're driving me crazy, dude. How you doing? I'm, good, I'm moving. Man. I'm dancing. I'm good. Yeah, man. we're good. I, you know, I would like <laughs> to see your movements. You know, it's not fun looking at like some makeshift like your mouth wasn't even open, man. Like, come on. That's weird because usually it is and usually there's like food inside. So. <laughs> Oh, man. Moving along. Let's move right along. Uh, Texans wide receiver tradee Anthony Miller. Can you believe this man's luck? Like, I just I'm only bringing it up because his luck is so bad, like Mm -hmm. uh, dislocated shoulder. His season could be in jeopardy. Like, really, dude, you have an opportunity in Houston to actually make a name for yourself. People were expecting this And, and the gods of injury come down hard. And this is not good. That's really tough for him, too, because like he didn't have much competition ahead of him. Like literally he was in line to be the wide receiver two behind Brandon Cooks. All right. Like Nico Collins was probably going to be the wide receiver three. Miller really had an opportunity there to be that that secondary option. Maybe Kiki Kuti was going to kind of slip in there, too. But and I and I feel for Miller because he had, you know, he was overshadowed by Darnell Mooney towards the end of the season last year and Mm. in Chicago. And he had an opportunity here in Houston, and it, it just sucks that he potentially might have to wait until next season to really kind of really kind of chisel in that role with a team. Yeah, man. I mean, beating out someone like Kiki, do you love me? I mean, I just he he had the job. It was right there. Yeah, the it was there. It was right there for you, bro. And you oh man, I feel for him in that respect. I hate seeing guys go down on injury, especially when they're trying so damn hard to make a name. Anthony Miller, we might be saying RIP before you know it. But you know what, Anthony Miller, get healthy, get back on the field soon and uh, and fight for that position, bud. Yeah, we're rooting for you, bud. We're definitely rooting for you. Broncos, baby. Last one I got on the injuries uh, uh, news reports that I've seen is the Broncos are hopeful that Cortland Sutton will return and make steps to play this week in week two preseason. This is crazy, man. He has been dealing with such setbacks on that knee and, and we discussed him before saying, you know, he wasn't really fluid in his running ability. And, no. and you could tell he was kind of laboring. And, and this is we're week two of the preseason. And you're telling me that this man is still not healthy enough to take the field. I mean, I was hoping he was going to be like this late round sleeper wide receiver three flex that could potentially turn into my wide out two. I'm, I'm rethinking things as we sit today, buddy. No, and all this does is it just increases the stock of Jerry Judy. I mean, I've seen all these videos of his insane route running. Like the routes that this guy has been running has been absolutely phenomenal. 
So, I mean, big, big spike for Judy, for Noah Fant. I mean, rookie Javante Williams as well. It's just, I love Cortland Sutton. I have him on a couple dynasty teams. I really do hope that he can continue to progress and to improve and get healthier. But with all these setbacks, man, it's just, it's worrisome, especially where we are literally three weeks out from the regular season. I'm terrified. I am legit yeah. terrified. I'm I'm yep. crapping in my pants because I sudden I have a game plan. You know this. The strategy you always have to adjust when you're in draft because people snipe you all the time. But my strategy oh, always yeah. it always involved Sutton. Sutton was part of my strategy, and now this is really putting a damper on it and making me go back and redo everything. I don't like redoing work, man. No, I completely agree with you, man. And right now he's going in like the. All right, so right now he's going in the middle of the seventh round. In 12-team leagues, he's going 704. Hmm. Is that too high or too low for you? Too high? If you had, yeah. So, like, would you feel more comfortable if he was available in, like, say, the early ninth round? Ninth and tenth is kind of where I'm feeling him now. Okay, all right. Unless he comes back. I mean, we're we're speculating today that he's not going to play week two preseason. But, I mean, if he comes back and shows. But, again, what's stopping us from saying he's not going to have another setback since he hasn't been able to do anything right now outside of light end practices? I agree. So let me give you a few names. We're going to do a little a quick little who would you rather? Oh, I love these. I've got I've got I got Michael Gallup at 911. I've got. Jalen Waddle at 1003. Would you would you take would you rather have either of those two guys over Cortland Sutton right now at that ADP? You know what? I'll, over Gallup, I'll probably take Sutton. Um, but Jalen Waddle, if, if Sutton falls there, I, I'm taking Waddle. I'll, I'll take the I ta- uh, yeah, right? The, the I upside take Waddle is too. there. Yeah, the upside yep. is there. How can you not take it, right? Absolutely. Yep. <sighs> but yeah, those are guys that are going kind of in that same area where I would feel comfortable taking Sutton. But yeah, it's it's gonna be a tough decision. It's such a risk, man. And I mean, even if so, he does get hampered. Is it what four weeks, five weeks down the line? Do we know? Like this is one of these problems. I hate drafting injured players before the season starts. Obviously in fantasy football, because you just don't know. You're banking so much on their health, and and it could really hamper you down the road. Well, especially where his teammate Jerry Judy is literally going one spot below him. Judy's going seven oh five. There you go. So yeah. Give me, give me Judy at 705. Is he's if Judy's my wide receiver three? Absolutely. I'm taking that all day. I'm good with it too, man. You see, Drew Locke, he was throwing dimes, man, to KJ Hamler. You see that this weekend? I was I was I will say Drew Locke had a very, very strong performance. I want to see continue, or else we're gonna be seeing a lot of Teddy Two Gloves. And Teddy Two Gloves was doing a lot of Teddy check down. Uh it was, yes, he was. Oh man, like I, I don't dislike Teddy. He's a game manager. We know this, but I mean, it was nice to finally see Drew Locke kind of break out of his shell a little bit. And I mean, okay, I, you know, I've been critical on KJ and uh, Hamler, and I'm like, you know, he's that prototypical gadget guy. And don't get all everyone was all on Twitter. Like, K, a healthy KJ is gonna be a problem. Even Chad Johnson, I love Chad Johnson, but he's like, what did I tell you about KJ? And it's like. I, I don't want to eat my words just yet. I just don't think that's going to be his MO in this offense. I really don't. And if it is, well, then I'll eat my words because to me, KJ has the ability to do it. I just don't think it's going to be consistent enough. No, KJ Hamler's not a, he's not a week in a week out fantasy starter. Like he's I, not, I unless you have a really, unless you have a really deep, you know, starting roster. Sure. But like, if you're starting two running backs, two or three receivers and a flex, KJ Hamler's not making my starting lineup unless there's a bye week. Or there's great matchup appeal. That's the only and or or here's even the caveat. that. Like, 
Even that's he. What about this then? So it is the caveat if Cortland Sutton is is out for any period of time, do we now take a flyer on KJ to take those targets? Yeah, if KJ ends up being the wide receiver two option, then absolutely. But if he's there as the wide receiver three, he might even be technically be the wide receiver four because I think Noah Fant could get more targets. Javante Williams could get more targets, you know? So there are other options ahead of KJ Hamler who doesn't really have a solidified role in this offense. I'll even go, and I agree, and, I, and I'll go as far as to say my support of KJ Hamler being fantasy viable and relevant this season is going to probably be five games. Over under. Yeah, and I'm yeah, and I'm I would probably I take the under. I think he's more of that boomer bust player. If he doesn't get the the snap counts or the reps that he needs to really produce. And I do think that if Sutton's on the field, then he's not gonna get those opportunities. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the gadget is there, but I did like what I saw from uh, Mr. Drew Locke. It was nice and refreshing because we've been docking this I agree. man for a while. We, we have been. Right. And I, I mean, it was it was very nice to see it, uh, him actually take some form. But those are the injuries, the important ones that we noted. I mean, do you got any more? I think you said something about Saquon. What did you see about Saquon? Yeah, the only thing I saw about Saquon was that um, it looks like he's making progress. He's getting ready, you know, making good strides to getting ready for week one. His status is still a little bit in question, but he has been improving week in and week out. So. You know, we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks, but it looks like things are trending towards him maybe being the week one starter. And I think it is. I, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm starting to buy in again to say that, you know, they're the way they're handling it is is that way. It's it's a slow pace. They're not going to push it, but he's definitely going to be suiting up week one. And he's probably going to have uh, the full workload, the the typical Saquon workload in week one. And he's dropped yeah. to what? Pick 10 or uh, yeah, pick 10 in the first round. Yeah, his ADP has really dropped. Um, he's moved up a little bit. He's now at the 107 mark in 12-team leagues. Um, and for me personally, like I, I need for him to be able to start week one because if he doesn't start week one and he kind of gets eased into it a little bit, he could very easily fall out of that top five ranking. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It is crazy. I'm still taking him though. I'm I'm in. If he's 107, oh, yeah. if he's 107, I'm smiling. I'm taking. Oh, him hands him. down. I'm I'm smashing that draft button. Smash it like you're doing, you know, other things. But anyway, let's move on to some other headlines. <laughs> okay, I, I did not elaborate, man. I did not. It's it you didn't weird. have to. <laughs> I know it was it was so well crafted. I I didn't have to do anything. Big payday, buddy, man. Jamal Adams, he gets his extension. Finally, the Seattle Seahawks pony up the dough. Four years, $70 million with a $38 million guaranteed on the signing. This is, I mean, this was coming to me. There was no way they were giving up that amount of draft capital to just say, hey, Jamal, we'll see you in free agency. Yeah, and he's one of the top safeties in the league. Like, you, he absolutely deserves this money. You pay the man. Because I mean, he what he led he set the record for most sacks by by a, a secondary player. Mm. So yeah, you you pay the guy the money. He's one of the top safeties in the league. This was a no brainer for me. Yeah, and he's just such an animal. He's such a difference maker. I mean, he's all over the field, plays deep, plays on the line. Yeah. He, he stops uh, running backs. He's rushing the quarterback. I mean, how can you not? He's a Swiss Army knife of sorts, and it's at an elite talent level, not like these tweeners that can only do certain things. Jamal Adams is the real deal. And I mean, okay, it's a lot of money to pay a safety, and we've seen Seattle get into trouble before when they overpay their defense, but I think this was warranted. And like I said, you don't give up that amount of draft stock you know, to let them just walk free. 
No, I completely agree. This is a guy that they needed to keep on their roster, especially with the trouble that their defense has had. Yeah, and if they didn't have him, it would be, uh, I don't know, I feel sorry for you, Russ Wilson, because, I mean, it's going to be a tough, tough season. There was Mm -hmm. a trade. There was a trade, buddy. Did you see the trade? What, in the NFL? No, man, in in baseball. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the NFL one, though. Yeah, no, let's talk about the NFL, man. It was uh, the Green Bay Packers and the New York Giants. You didn't see this one. I'm I'm baffled that no. you didn't see this news. Okay, fine. How big of a trade was it? I gotta carry you every time with this shit, man. Like, come on, do your how own big research. Of a, do how your... big of a trade was it? Aaron Rodgers got traded today to the New York Giants. You didn't see this? Oh no! Wait, you told me it was the Patriots. I got all excited. <laughs> I did the happy dance and everything. No, okay. Oh, it's all not right. that high profile. Damn it, man! You know it's Josh Jackson, defensive back. He gets traded to the New York Giants. This is a valuable trade. Don't give me that face. What a for who? Who was it a valuable trade for? For the Giants, man. You kidding me though? right now? It is? Really? Absolutely. Wow. Wow. We're just going to have to shut this thing off right now because I don't like I don't your attitude. Tighten it up, man. Come on. You just said Josh Jackson is a valuable trade asset to the Giants. Absolutely. He is going to be one of these slot guys on this defense. You watch, man. He's going to make plays. I like Josh Jackson, so that's why I'm pumping it up. Okay, to hell with all of okay, you. All right. All right. To hell Fair with enough. you, Chris. I'm going to pump it up, man, because he was the 45th overall pick in the 2018 draft. And the only reason he has not materialized in Green Bay at this point is because of the other players that have gone ahead of him. King, uh, Alexander, um, Jari Alexander. These guys have been balling out so hard that putting Josh... Uh, Jackson in the wrong position has crippled him and he hasn't had his uh, I want to say elevation of talent and uh, maturation just yet. This is a big deal for New York. New York, you know me. We were talking about New York last year, and I was saying that defense is starting to build properly. They're on the rise. We saw the additions they made. Now you add pieces like this is one of those pieces, man. I'm not saying he's an all-star. Like, shit, right, man. Right. Like, give me a damn break here. You totally stole my thunder with your face. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> ruined, ruined my whole point, man. Get the okay, hell out all right. Me. So hold on, hold on, hold, hold on. Ugh, Christ. All right, so the Giants, but all right. So like, like he had in in Green Bay with those two cornerbacks overshadowing him, he's now going to go to a Giants team that has James Bradbury and Dory Jackson. Exactly. Aren't this those two going to overshadow him? I don't need him to be my DB one. And, he has to be in not, a position why he has to be my number three, and he is going to learn and do this, man. He's going to do it very well. Green but Bay wasn't he the number three in Green Bay? They didn't utilize him. They kept him on the bench. How many times, man? It was not the great situation for him. New York is going to be that place. You watch. All right. Fair enough. I don't like you right now. That just totally ruined. I'm, the whole- I'm, I am. I am completely supportive of you as a friend <laughs> and love How you. How are you going to say I just, me, man? You know, God. I just I don't I don't love. I don't know. I just I'm not a super big supporter of the Giants and, and tr- when they make trades. Fair enough. But you know who they traded yeah. him for? Isaac Yadam. I have no idea who this man is, but that's who they traded for him. So maybe this my, my argument has zero credence anyway. I don't know. I mean, Gettleman, who knows if he knows what he's doing? He's yeah. Man, this one he may was- have been you. He, he probably used a typewriter to send that trade. Okay. <laughs> you know, this one totally stole my thunder, man. I don't know if I can continue now. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Oh, you know, but you you keep me in check sometimes, man. You know, I thought this was a good one. And this guy just totally like dropped me down, man. I feel like a, a troll. 
I mean, you also thought that Jimmy Graham was going to have a breakout game last season, okay? He did. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I was reaching on that one. Give a guy a break. Damn it. Man. It's the tight ends. It's the tight ends, man. It's I'm telling tight you. Ends. I, I can't get the tight ends right, man. Jesus. Anyway, man, the reports in Saints Town, New Orleans, Lat Murray. You hearing this, man? He could be on the roster. Ooh. He could be on the roster bubble. Are you kidding me for Devonta Freeman? I mean, mm-hmm. this is this has got to be BS. It's got to be because like. Murray's one of those consistent guys who's on the field day in and day out. He produces. He's like Mr. Reliable for you, you know? And then you go for someone like Devonta Freeman. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Freeman's a sexy name. Like, he had a success in, in Atlanta, but I don't know. I feel like Murray's the, the sure thing there. It was such a long time ago with Freeman. How can how can yeah. this even be a discussion? What has he done? Man, how long has it remember, been? Remember when he went to the Giants? What did he do with the Giants? What Nothing. did he do with the Bills, man? He was with the Bills, and I didn't even know he was on Nothing. my team. <laughs> he was on the exactly. practice squad. Exactly. Exactly. Point taken right there. Right. If I don't know a player is on my team, then you know there's a problem. And now you're talking and you're selling it to me, New Orleans, that this is bull. This has got to be clickbait media special coming from New Orleans. Matt Murray's the guy. He's unless it's money. That's the only thing that I can say why this would have any credence whatsoever. Yeah, but even then, I mean, I mean, if it's the money, you keep the guy regardless of the money because he's one of the few reliable options that you have left on that offense. I mean, thunder and lightning. This is what they do. You know, man, I, can we end the show now? Because I think I'm, I'm at a at a bad point right now. You, you stumbled me and I'm... I, I really just like took you down with that whole giant down, strike. man. It was like you put a nine <laughs> to my head, man. I just, oh, done. Jesus, man. Speaking of KO and done, Josh Rosen, man, he gets cut by the 49ers oh, today. God. And I mean, I only bring it up because it's kind of hilarious to me now. So, I mean, you see the pictures. He's always dejected. I mean, we always thought that Jay Cutler was the, the, the poster boy for dejection. But Josh Rosen has taken the cake here, man. He just stands there like he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a damn yeah. where he is, right? And I mean, is this the new Ryan Leaf? Okay, I get it. He wasn't the second overall pick. But I mean, he's got to be up there with Ryan Leaf to say this is one of the biggest busts to come out of the first round. I completely agree because I was a big fan of him coming out of UCLA. Like mm-hmm. I loved his game. I thought he was super smart, very high football IQ, and he just did not materialize into anything. I mean, the fact that Arizona was like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to move on from you, and we're going to take Kyler Murray like a year removed. Yikes! That was a that was a big big red red flag for me right there. Um, but yeah, uh, Josh Rosen. I mean, the comparison to Jay Cutler, at least Jay Cutler saw the football field. Josh Rosen has started like maybe a handful of games ever. So, you know, good for the general manager and the management in New in uh, Arizona. Like they saw the mistake. And this is, you know, this is the one thing I, I think we need to highlight huge out of this entire situation. We don't see management in the NFL do this near enough for over scrutiny based on a de- poor decision. The Arizona Cardinals basically said, you know what? We collectively fucked up. We mm. made a mistake. Yeah. And, and we're going to write this wrong right now because, again, we have the first overall pick and we're going to take Kyler Murray regardless of what we did with uh, Josh Rosen. They don't even know his name. But, I mean, this is what I'm saying. This is how smart and intelligent you can still become even though you make a drastic mistake like this in picking a bust. Yep. It's about evaluating. Don't stick with something that isn't working. And we see it over and over and over again. 
Yeah, you know where we've seen it? Uh, Brock Osweiler kept mm. getting paid year after year. You know why? Because he was like six foot six and fit the prototypical frame of, a, of an NFL quarterback. The guy had a cannon, but his accuracy was worse than Cam Newton over the last season. <laughs> he couldn't evade rush. He was happy. Fe- I mean, this is the problem. And this has been my argument with scouting departments all the time is why are you allowing this to continue? If you see it, cut your losses. If you see development and progression, fine, develop the guy. But I mean, you got to know when to cut your losses in the Arizona Cardinals. I give them like eight thumbs up on this one because they saw the problem. Yeah, they, they regretted it instantly and, and they moved on and moved forward. But Josh Rosen, I mean, does he latch on? Does he go somewhere else now? He's got to land somewhere. I mean, but but where? I mean, as the number two, as the number three somewhere, maybe. But, I mean, he's not going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL ever again, I don't think. He's had way too many opportunities and just hasn't been able to take care of it. New England? New England wanted him last year. You guys want him? It can be. New England wanted him for the last, like, few seasons. But then they got a guy named Mac and Cheese, and Mac and Cheese is ready to serve, sir. If you don't get his name right, man... <laughs> How much have you drank tonight, man? You just not on the same page. Mac money. Joe, I know. I know. I, I know you want to call. I know. I know. Mac money, Mac money, Mac money. But Mac and cheese is just so much more fun to say. So you're taking, I get it, but you're taking a nickname from a quarterback who can't throw and won't be on your team uh, after training camp and will not be your week one starter. I mean, okay. You know, to each their own. He'll be the backup quarterback. He'll still be on the roster this season. <laughs> after the season. Not so much, but go. for 2021, yes, he'll be the QB two, and I'm going to have to find something to do with that Newton jersey, but I was going to say that, happen. <laughs> that jersey was a great investment, man. Maybe you can pawn it off at the, the local uh, Mart there and get your $5. No, I'm going to have a custom jersey made. It's going to be, it's going to have the number 10 on it. And on the back, it's just going to say Mac and cheese. <laughs> can, you be move, amazing. can you move this one over and add a zero, please? Because this thing, <laughs> no, we need to readjust. Oh, Christ, man. Everything is just moving wrong today. Carry on Johnson. Speaking of Ron, he gets waived by the Philadelphia Eagles on an injury waiver. And I mean, here's the thing, man. I have never been a carry on Johnson guy. I tried. I I, everyone was like on board. I, I was back and forth. But I always, you know, said, you know, yes, he has good ability. Yes, he has good traits. It was just never coming to fruition. And once you saw it in the mm-hmm. NFL, you, you can kind of see the tra- the trajectory where it's not going to go or where it's going to go. And I mean, I didn't really see it happening here in Philly. Injury aside, I didn't think he was still going to make the roster even if he was healthy. Yeah, which is scary because the guys that they kept ahead of him were Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, you know, obviously rookie Kenny Gainwell, obviously, and then Jason Huntley, you know? I mean, obviously, Miles Sanders is the RB1 there, but... Those other guys, they were like, yeah, we'd rather have them than carry on Johnson. That's that's scary. And I mean, what is he, 25 still, 26? Yeah, yeah, he's still super young. It was only what, his third, fourth year in the league. Is it done? Is it is this a Devonta Smith type of situation? Is he done? It's knees, man. Knee problems. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Are, are we talking, you know, uh, Todd Gurley, Freeman? You're like, yeah, is that the same situation? You know, lesser lesser talent, but kind of the same injury situation? Yeah, very well could be. Scary stuff for this man. I mean, I, I mean, I, also talking about uh, releases. You know, he gets released. Our uh, our 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 boy Tim Tebow. He gets the uh, axe too. Yeah. So, oh Tim, what the hell were you thinking? I mean, you know, good for him. I'm I'm, I'm messing with him. I, you know, he yeah. He but had... did you 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 saw that block attempt? All <laughs> right, there, there was three. There was three of them. 
I mean, he whiffed completely. And the one where he was actually, he actually made a good route. He was wide open and his wide receiver stole the ball. Like I was like, oh, that was his one opportunity. The one block that I saw him try to make, he was bigger. (laughs) He was literally physically bigger than the defender he was supposed to block. Mm -hmm. And he just like tapped him and then just crumbled to the ground. That was all. I was like, okay. Tim, this isn't working out for you, no. bud. <laughs> I mean, kudos to the man. At least we can say he tried, but failed attempts. I mean, he hey, he got some good money for his uh, jersey sales. He did, and you know what? I actually wouldn't be i I wouldn't fault him for going back to baseball because he was not a bad minor league baseball player. Like the guy's a phenomenal athlete, mm. absolute phenomenal athlete. Um, but just when it comes to football, I think I think that's not really his sport now. Yeah, I mean, age has creeped up on him too. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think anybody can really. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin, maybe <laughs> is he gonna is he gonna outshadow Debo with his tight end ability? Yeah. I mean, maybe if he stops stealing food from the facility, sure. You know, you're stealing food from the New York Giants, man. Like, what are you thinking? Jesus, Popeye's chicken was down the corner. I love Popeye's. <sighs> Miami, the Miami Dolphins, man. So here's interesting news. I wanted to talk about this a little bit. Because this is actually very interesting. They say they're going with a three-headed monster when everybody and their dog, not this guy, I don't think you were either, was saying Miles Gaskin. Were you saying Miles Gaskin? I was saying Miles Gaskin. He was saying, okay, then you're, see, now I get to cuss on you a little bit. They're saying three-headed monster. Yeah. I've, I've always been Salvon Ekmad, and, and you know this, but I mean, Malcolm Brown is coming into the picture as well. I mean, you got rookie Dokes. I don't see him really doing much personally, but I think this is going to be a two-headed monster straight up. Uh, Malcolm Brown potentially taking goal line but uh, and short yardage, but I think this is Alvon and uh, Alvon, uh, Salvon and, and Miles Gaskin all day long. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And there was a quote from Brian Flores uh, where he said, quote, pick one and put them in. We like all three guys. They do some things, end quote. First of all, that last sentence, they do some things. What is, what is what does that mean? He's comes from the Patriots, man. He he learned from Bill Belichick. Yeah, pick, pick one of pick pick one and put them in. We like all three guys. They they do some things. And yeah. Don't even don't even elaborate that far. So what do you think your running backs? They do some things. Move on. They they run the ball. They run, they run the ball. But okay, so if we're talking fantasy football production, what are we really expecting from Salvan and Gaskin at this point? If it is going to be 50 50, 60 40, I mean, if this is what we're talking about, and it's, I'm, I'm even favoring Gaskin in that respect, say it's 60 40, what, what are we thinking? Because where's his ADP right now for Gaskin? Right now, Gaskin's going 5 uh, 11 mm. in 12 team leagues. He's going right now with Salvan. 20 let's see Gaston's going as the 22nd overall uh RB and let's see where is Ahmed at um okay so Malcolm Brown is actually going ahead of Ahmed and I, I only know that for a TD upside that's fine yeah Malcolm Brown's going at the end of the 23rd dude you can get Ahmed at 2404 right now. Preach. Say that one more time for the people. You folks can get Savan Ahmed in the 24th round, fourth pick as the overall running back 73. I currently have him as my overall running back 60. And, and I think that's still low. I and, and it's I, I understand why. You know, undrafted rookie free agent comes from the 49ers. Yep. 
only has two games, three games with Miami last year shows what he could do. I've always been a fan ever since the combine. When you saw what he could do in the combine, his, the way that he runs those elusive hips, the way he's moving, he just, he fits the bill for what I look for in a running back and other NFL teams covered that as well. Right now, how I view this, it's just injuries that will preclude him from being a good uh, to above average running back. And if Mm -hmm. you give him the opportunities, He's going to be able to do it. Look at that catch he made in that preseason game. That was a touchdown. He's dual threat, man. You can't get off that. And if you're talking running back 73. I mean, that that's, that's, that's the handcuff steal of the season right there. Yes, indeed. Like if you're, if you're going to have a handcuff, that's the absolute value of the year with Ahmed. You couldn't have said it any better. I love it. So that means you're, you're out on Gaskin at five eleven. No, I would actually be I'd be more than okay with with Gaskin as my RB three at five eleven. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I don't yeah. hate it. I don't hate it whatsoever. Yep. Malcolm Brown, you taking any flyers on him at, at any point? Chow, please. <laughs> Chow, please. Little Ocho Cinco in the house, baby. I love it. Reports, man, coming out of Washington that the Washington football team. You'll like this one because this is your boy. Mm. You obviously didn't see this one, otherwise you'd be you know wetting yourself right now. Wait, are we talking about my boy Antonio Gibson? We definitely are, man. Antonio oh, Gibson. Oh, then I know. I know exactly what we're talking about. Ron Rivera, head coach Ron Rivera, coached this man, CMC, in Carolina, and he has said it was gone through the grapevine through his quarterback, uh, Kyle Allen, who also played in Carolina. So, I mean, I'm taking this uh, with a lot of credence that it, this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to make Antonio Gibson have the exact same role, quote unquote as CMC and I am now um, definitely drooling a lot more that I have to actually get the napkins from the side and <laughs> I got to wipe my chin. So if, if this is true, which I don't know if it's accurate or not, but if it's true and Gibson does become that CMC type player, let folks Gibson was a college wide receiver turned running back. Okay. And so if he ends up having that CMC role, yeah, you're looking at a top five fantasy producing running back right here that's being drafted in the middle of the second round right now. Like literally, if you decide to go running back, running back, you could potentially have two top five running backs on your roster if this is actually going to be happening with Rivera. Um, I think that with with Gibson, I think top top eight Top nine is more realistic right now for me. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I will say I think that's his floor. I think I think top eight, top nine, and half PPR is his absolute floor right now, which I think is still a bargain where his current ADP is. So here's why I think, and I agree, it's 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 absolute phenomenal value. Where I am very excited with this is because it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, man. And right. we know we know that Ryan checks down, man. He likes to go to his running backs. And this will open up everything else that we covet on this offense. The Logan Thomas, the scary Terry's this is, this offense has everything inside right now to make me just explode orgasmically because it is phenomenal. The potential here. And I I don't even know how I, how I created that sentence, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, I'm, I'm completely, you know, just kind of like picking up what you're putting down there and you're absolutely right because when you look at last year's quarterbacks and their completed air yards, so the the how you know their their depth of target pretty much that they completed, Ryan Fitzpatrick completed every completion he had 
was about five and a half to six yards down the field. So for me, yeah, that's an absolute someone who's running a quick out route or quick in like a running back or a tight end. And for Gibson, that could be money all day long, all day long. You know, and I want to say, did Fitzpatrick play with Shady McCoy in Buffalo? I can't remember. Or was it just Tyrod? I think it was just Tyrod. Oh, I got to go back and look now because that would make my argument that much better. But I don't have the stats in front of me. But hell, whatever. Antonio Gibson is flying up my board as well, even though it, it might be coach speak. But like I said, Ron Rivera did. He coached CMC. Kyle Allen was the backup quarterback in Carolina. There's just too much uh, uh, coincidental stuff happening right now with these players of, yeah. of playing with CMC to make me a non-believer. I think it's just great. And I do want to just, uh, I did look it up. Uh, there was a two-year gap from where Fitzpatrick was with the team ah. and Shady. Oh, so it, was it, was Fred, it was Fred Jackson. It was Fred Jackson that he played. Was, with. That, that's who. Because Fred Jackson just was with Buffalo forever. Forever. <laughs> and yeah. Fred Fred was receiving too. See, there, my argument still is very valid because Fred Jackson was a great receiver in Buffalo and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick was the catalyst. So there you go. Good old, good old number 2-2 two, two for Buffalo. Fred good Jackson. 2-2 two, two Fred Jackson. Hey, man, I'm, I'm dropping a lot of bills in this show today. You all can suck it. But we did have some big preseason, baby, preseason games. Let's talk about the rookie quarterbacks, Chris. This was phenomenal stuff for me. Mm. Okay. And, and I was, I was keen. I was, I was watching them all. I wanted to see what they can do. Let's start off with Trevor Lawrence. He goes six for nine, 71 yards. And I believe he was sacked two times. What did you see from his performance? Cause I liked it and there's nothing I can really say poor about it. No, I mean, he, he made some really good throws. There was one in particular where he just threw an absolute dime to the right side of the field in between a couple defenders where only his guy was going to be able to catch it. And that's what really, really, really kind of stood out to me because, you know, one thing that we, you and I talked about in his scouting report was that deep ball. And sometimes, you know, he wasn't, he kind of under that deep ball a little bit. He wasn't letting his receivers catch up to it. Um, so it was the accuracy in his first debut that really, really impressed me. Yeah, I liked it. I, I, you know what? You're going to expect even the top end rookies to struggle at some point this uh, in this preseason because it's new and they're going to throw some new things at them. I mean, but everything Trevor Lawrence did was more than enough to at least solidify my opinion. And your opinion obviously was very much the same that he is going to be legit. One of the better mm -hmm. quarterbacks coming out of this class. His, his rival, Mr. Zach Wilson, he does a very similar stat line, six of nine for 63 yards. He made that great pass to Corey Davis on a third down. It was about 15 to 20 yards to the left, timing throw right on point. The defensive back had no chance. That, that was it for me. I was like, this kid has got a damn good arm. Yeah, it was the arm strength. It was his... It was, again, like we said during the scouting report, it was the improvis improvisation. It was the ability to move outside of the pocket and use his feet to extend the play. That's what I really, really love to see from him. So I'm excited to see what he can do for the rest of the preseason. But this kid's already shown that he has the arm talent to make it in this league. It's just going to be building that rapport and that relationship with his receivers. And his accuracy. You can't. It's like Aaron Rodgers type accuracy that's there. So I, I'm super excited. I'm, and it sucks because they're all on the Jets. And I, I, got, I got a soft spot for a lot of these Jets players. Our boy, Trey Lance, man, he goes five for 14, 128 yards, one touchdown, which was, I believe, an 80-yard bomb. And he was sacked four times. 
So this goes to our opinion of how Trey Lance was a little bit raw, right? I mean, five yeah. five completions isn't a lot. I mean, you were talking. I was I was up in Lance saying, could he be a, a, a starter by like week five? And you're kind of bringing me back down to earth, and you're like, well, you know, he is raw. Remember, Chris, and and I mean this this showed it. I mean, five for fourteen. That stat line's not great. But what I did love was how well he threw the ball uh, with with such little effort. That bomb that he threw hmm. was just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he was moving and he was moving around. He was evading the rush. He was trying to find an open receiver, found his receiver, and just put an absolute dot on him. Again, there were some issues that we saw throughout the game as well. But again, it's just it's because he's so raw. He needs the experience. He needs the reps, and it's going to come with time. So I do think the more he sits, the more he learns the game will start to slow down for him a little bit more and he will be, he'll be a stud in this league. Agreed. Uh, agreed. I mean, when you're looking at the prototypical type of talent that you want to see from the arm, excuse me, the accuracy, the, the way he reads, I mean, it was there. It was on display on the ones that he did hit and I'm, I'm sold. I love it, man. Justin Fields, man. He had himself. Oh, yeah. And you know, he started a little slow. We knew we, you know, I was, I was, I left all my expectations at the door. I said, I'm just going to watch Justin Fields and not be an evaluator. Just see what this man can do. He goes 14 of 20, 142, one touchdown pass, 33 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown. And like I said, he started a little slow. And yes, the touchdown pass he had was to a blown coverage and wide open wide receiver tight end, whatever it was, but he had himself a very strong day. He did. And that rushing touchdown was exactly what we expected to see from him. You know, the arm talent was there. The deep ball was there. That the touch was there for him, which I absolutely loved. Um, and again, it's going to be one of those things where we just, I want to see, like, I love these first performances from these guys, but I want to see what they can do in their second and third games. And then when they face a full game mm. of just, you know, of, of first, first team defenses there. Um, but with Justin Fields, right now, so far, he's my favorite rookie that I've seen so far. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't hate it. I don't hate it whatsoever. Yeah. And I, I think, you know what? It's it's one of those things. Is he ready week one? I'm I'm getting there. And I, I never said maybe, he, you know, I, yeah, it's possible. And I, I never said he couldn't. But I thought, you know, maybe let him learn a little bit behind Andy. And that's kind of what they brought him in for. Right. But I'm he's 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 just too good, man. He's electric. He's going to get there at a certain point. And mm. I, I think it's going to be fantastic, man. You're and what I love to see was when when. Fields was going to get put into the game. Andy Dalton was acting like a Ryan Fitzpatrick and he was pumping up fields and he was like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Like he was excited for Fields to enter the game. So Dalton knows that his time as a starting quarterback is very limited and it's going to be his job to help teach this young guy getting into the league. And I love that even more, man. Like be the Fitzpatrick guy. I mean, if that's the case, you had your time exactly. in Cincinnati, right? Like you've been in the league for a long time now. You had your time, you know, you had sprinkles of success. And and I mean, now just give it to the next guy. Like, you know, teach him and school him up. I got so much respect for guys like that. Andy, two, two thumbs up again. Your boy, Mac Money Jones, man. This is, this is why he's going to get me some beers. He goes 13 of 19 for 87 yards. And this was the staple of proficiency. When you saw those bombs that he should have had that touchdown pass in that end zone, Oof. man, the buddy just dropped it. I mean, granted it was good coverage, but he dropped a dime in the corner of that end zone. He did. And I mean, that's kind of what we expected from, from Mac and cheese, you know, I mean, that's kind of what, 
<laughs> just keep killing me. <laughs> just killing me. But the difference that I noticed between Mac Jones and Cam Newton is it's the short to intermediate throw. The accuracy with Mac Jones, and and granted, the the game script that they had for Jones wasn't anything elaborate. It wasn't like, okay, I need you to make these deep throws. It was, okay, make these short to intermediate throws, get the first bat, first down, check down if you need to, just keep moving the ball, don't make any mistakes. Um, I really want us to let, let them, let I want the Patriots to allow him to kind of open things up a little bit mm-hmm. and show off that arm that he did have at Alabama that people kept knocking him for, even though he was one of the most, if not the most accurate college quarterback when it came to throws at 20 yards or more, mm-hmm. Mac Jones has the arm ability to do so, but the Patriots have such a conservative offense. I'm hoping that they kind of open things up a little bit for him. I, I think they will. And I think it kind of showed. And uh, I mean, what are the over 4,000 yards at Alabama? I mean, it shows that he can get the ball down yeah. the field. So, I mean, this, that throw though, it, it proves and, and they wanted to see, and they let the man sling the ball and he did it. It yeah. was just it, it was dropped by his wide receiver. Shame on you, Bill Belichick, for not getting a wide receiver one on that team. And for what teammates have been saying about Mac Jones so far, is they've been so impressed with his leadership and not not cockiness, but his confidence and his ability to command the huddle as a rookie. That's what a lot of the players have been saying so far about Mac and Cheese. Mac and Money Jones. Mac See, you said and Mac cheese. and Money Jones. See, you have, you're messing me up, man. Mac money cheese. How about that? Mac money cheese. <laughs> Mac money cheese. And I mean, go look at that scattering report on Headliner. You, me, and Chris did a while back. It will highlight everything that we loved about Mac Jones. And I, I've always been a supporter. I think you know. I think I called him Matt mm-hmm. Ryan. I'm, I'm still. You did. Yeah, I'm still. I'm still there. I, I think it's very good. You know, one team from this preseason, Chris. I wanted to talk about before we 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 close out this entire thing today. I mean, the Carolina Panthers. They're they looked so good to me and and so many facets of their offense and you know me i'm a, a matt rule and joe brady guy through and through i love yep, their right and, and their creativity and their imagination and how they have built this team pj walker looked good and i was like uh, one of the members from our patreon asked a question in discord and said you know chris what do you think about pj walker and i said he's got great arm talent but he could have like maybe a tyrod taylor type of ceiling maybe a little bit more but that's kind of how i see pj but the only reason why i bring that up is because he was moving the ball and he went to terrace marshall so let's talk about mr terrace marshall a little bit he's looking Mm -hmm. he goes three for 88 he did have a fumble it was recovered by carolina but he did look very good man what were your thoughts i was excited i'm excited for terrace marshall he's a big body he's like six foot four he's got good speed good hands um the one thing I want to see from Marshall Moore, I want to see him be a little bit more physical off the line. I want to, I want to see him to be a little bit more physical when it comes to creating that separation off the line because he, like I said, he's got the size, he's got the speed to do it. You know, I just want to see that more alpha out of him because I think he could be that alpha re- receiver. I think he'd be a phenomenal wide receiver too to DJ Moore in that offense. And you know, whether it, it doesn't matter if it's you know Sam Darnold or PJ Walker or whoever's taking over that offense. That's going to be a great receiving core with Robbie Anderson and then McCaffrey in the backfield. So for me, I love the potential of Marshall. I just want to see a little bit more from him. Man, this offense in general and everything you said about Marshall, in my opinion, is correct. I just want to see him actually play on the outside the whole time. Let's kick, yeah. DJ, yep. let's kick DJ more inside. But I heard they want to put him in the slot, Marshall in the slot a lot more. And Okay, you know, six foot four mismatch in the slot. Okay, I mean that that's some yeah, scary why not? stuff. The scary stuff right there. I mean, it's it's all good. 
Chuba Hubbard, his teammate, he goes off, man. Seven carries for 80 yards. He was he was playing damn good. And and the thing is, when I evaluated Chuba, he had the breakaway wheels. Outside of, uh, say, someone like a Travis Etienne, I mean, you can't really say anybody coming out of college this season had these breakaway wheels that can go 80 yards like that. And Chuba has that ability. But the thing is, I think they want to see what they have in him to see if they can actually rotate a little bit more with CMC. And I actually think that would be a positive to both their games. Limit CMC a little bit, and you still have the explosive ability with Chuba. Yeah, I agree. And and like we saw in Oklahoma State, you know, he had that explosive, that breakaway ability. Um, And I think it's a nice change of pace from somebody like a Christian McCaffrey because McCaffrey's more of that like bruiser, you know, guy who's going to catch the ball out of the backfield. He's not somebody who's going to, when he's in the open field, probably have that breakaway speed. So I think that's where, where Chuba could come in and kind of be that change of pace guy, even though he doesn't have the receiving ability that McCaffrey does, but he does have that next gear that I don't think that CMC has. Yeah, I love it. I think it's just absolutely phenomenal. And Tommy Tremble, the tight end. Man, you watch out. You watch out for these Carolina Panthers. I'm I'm going on record right now. You watch out. Once Darnold gets in, and if Darnold can play even 50% better than he did in New York, I'm even saying 50%, not even a whole 100%. This this Carolina Panthers team is going to surprise a lot of people. And one of these guys is Tommy Tremble. Do not sleep on my man Tremble because there's reasons for that. He goes three for 19 and scores a touchdown. Everyone and their dog that watched college football was like, Notre Dame football especially, was like, what are you talking about? He doesn't have hands. He can't play the tight end. I said, you, yo, yo, you watch and you see. He is a blocking magician. He's going to stay on the field and be that primary blocker. He has so much athletic ability. He just has to school up his hands. Look what he did. Scores that very nice touchdown, and he will be the best blocking tight end on the team. And that's fine if he's the best blocking tight end. Um, Don't do it, man. Don't do it. I mean, the the guy's not going to be fantasy relevant. No. That's it. I can't anymore. I'm out. In order for him to be fantasy relevant, he's got to be a top 50 tight end. Go to hell, he's Chris. not he's not gonna be he's I'll be I'll be surprised if he if he cracks top 80, I'll be happy. Top 80? That is some disrespect. He's, Who's gonna jump top, this man? You're talking Dan Arnold. The only way he's not getting to be fantasy viable is based on the other wide receivers. Fine, I'll give you that argument. But he's a he's he's the best tight end in this room. I have Ian Thomas above Tommy Tremble. <sighs> No, Chouse. sorry, you're wrong. You're wrong. Chouse, I have I have like three Houston tight ends ahead of Tommy Tremble right now. Because Houston. I'm telling just listen to your boy, man. For once in tonight, just listen to your boy. I, I know what I'm talking about here. Fuck. If I'm wrong, if I'm wrong and Tremble finishes as a top 50 tight end. Mm-hmm. Then, what are you giving me now then, with my beer? What are you giving me? <laughs> I'll, I'll get you a pizza with your beer. Boom. Done deal. <laughs> I love it, man. Okay. I'm, I'm being a little facetious, but I'm playing around with I mean, I'm being ambitious with Tommy Tremble, but everything is there for him to be this guy. And I'm telling you with how they need to block, man, he's going to be on this field all the time. And if you start to saying, okay, you know, Tommy, you're, you're going to block and we're going to bring in guys like Dan Arnold and how are they're going to be very predictable. He has to school up his catching ability. No, I agree. And and right now, every single Carolina's tight end is not being drafted. So just keep an eye on all these guys. And, you know, you're, you're going to be able to pick one of them off of waivers. So and that will be Tommy Trimble. Or Dan Arnold. <laughs> 
Oh, man. <laughs> We're running late anyway, man. Let's close this out on a little redraft games. We don't need a huge explanation since we're kind of running over the clock. But I mean, this All is right. fun. I, I think redraft, it will make it rookie style. Will they be a Ooh. thing? And when? That's kind of what I'm looking for. Your opinion on when they will be a thing or when and when Trey Lance, man, will he be a thing this season? Um, No. Well, not in the first half of the season. I will say this. I do think that he could finish as a top 20 fantasy quarterback this year. But I'm saying that because I think that it's going to take him from like week 11 or week 12 to get into the starting rotation to really make sure that he gets his mark there on the team. So I do think he finishes top 20 fantasy quarterback, but he doesn't really see action until second half of the season. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, for me, it's unless there's an injury, we'll take injuries aside because that's the easy argument. But I'm saying right, I'm, right. I'm thinking week 10 as well. I think that's kind of where yeah. where he's going to maybe put it down and, and we'll see how that goes. Your boy Mac and cheese, man. What's his relevancy? So Mac and cheese is a little interesting because I don't see a Patriots quarterback being super fantasy relevant this year. So for Mac Jones, I'm out on him. I don't want him to be my, my QB one this year. You know what? I'm I'm convinced if he's on the field by even week three, I, I'm convinced that he can be my bye week filler and matchup play. I, I'll still be okay with that. I, and, and I think he's going to succeed very well. But I understand your argument. Fair Justin enough. Fields. Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Yeah, I think he's definitely a. I think he's definitely a bye week. You know, uh, kind of matchup filler here and there. Uh, because of that rushing upside that he's going to give you. So he definitely gives you an advantage over these other guys that are currently being drafted ahead of him. When Justin Fields starts as the quarterback ahead of somebody like a Dalton, who knows? But for Fields, yeah, I'm going to say he's kind of in that, not that Trey Lance field, you know, like that that area of second half of the season, I think a little bit earlier, but um, I'm still being very cautiously optimistic with Fields. I'm actually in with this one in redraft if I need a quarterback. Um, I'm thinking it's week four. If if Dalton Ooh. if Dalton struggles, I think that because you know Nagy, you know the general manager, they have hot seats, man. They're on fire. Their asses are roasting right now. And I think Fields is going to be the savior for those guys because if he even wins them more than 50% of his games, now they have an argument to go back to ownership and say, see, give us one more chance. We got one thing right. That's fair. No, that's fair. That's fair. Ramondre Stevenson, after his beautiful run that he made and made everything I said about the man come to fruition, I'm just, you know, boasting humbly over here. I'm out. I'm out. You're, you're out. I'm, I'm, I'm still out on him. Yeah, it was a phenomenal run. Sure. It was a great <laughs> run. You eliminate that run, and he had like three yards per carry. Okay, fair enough. And I, okay, that's fine. I, I don't hate that argument. I can't really uh, say anything bad about it. Kylan Hill. Green Bay Packers. Um, is he going to be something? Probably not because you still have Aaron Jones. You still have AJ Dillon. I don't know what kind of opportunities Hill is going to get in his rookie season in order to be fantasy relevant outside of a bi-week filler if you really, really need a filler. He, to me, has got loaded with potential, but it's it's just who's in front of him. And this one, we I know I wasn't going to say it, but it's injury uh, littered, man. He, needs, right, he right. needs Aaron Jones to go down for him to have any fantasy viability. Kenny Gainwell. Yep. Kenny Gainwell, I do really like. 
Um, I know that the Philly, the Philly backfield is very crowded right now, but I do think he could eventually get that spot ahead of somebody like a Boston Scott, you know, as that RB two behind Miles Sanders. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with taking Gainwell as a flyer, hoping that he can get up to that RB two spot for the team. I love it. I'm with you all day long. I want this to be the Miles Sanders, Kenny, uh, Kenny Gainwell show, uh, yeah, one one two punch. And I think that's with with Hertz. I think that would be the best thing for the man. And now you can mix and match, be multi dimensional. You don't even have to change one damn thing. Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, as we talked about earlier, you know Hubbard could definitely be that really nice change of pace back. And if this offense can get rolling and not sputter, and you know have to go in these three and outs, and they can actually put some points on the board. You know, Hubbard could be that guy that gets that breakaway run that you, you know, like we saw from Mr. Ramonde Stevenson in the preseason mm. and and really helps fantasy owners. I do think that Hubbard could kind of be that late round flyer for people, you know, maybe like 16th, 17th round. But I do think that if you own CMC, you need to own Hubbard. Oh, I don't I don't hate that. You're a little worried about his injuries. I, I get it. You know what I think? I, this could be something morphing into what the Saints had with uh, Mark Ingram, uh, Alvin Kamara. I think this is kind of what it mm-hmm. is. Maybe a little bit more to, for CMC because he's just that damn good. But you, the, the the statement has to be said that I think they're trying to pull back their carries a little bit. But um, I, I think Chuba, Chuba has a little bit of uh, value. Jalen Waddle, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, give me. Yeah, give me Jamie Jalen Waddle all day long. Um, especially with his current ADP and then the guy's going in the 10th round, I think he'd easily be a wide receiver three flex option week in and week out starting week one. I'm, I'm, I'm there, man. 650 to 750 yards, potentially mm-hmm. five to eight touchdowns based on deep threat. I'm, I'm all for it, man. Rondell yeah. Moore, Arizona Cardinals. Ron, Rondell Moore. I really like, you know, with the Cardinals, um, Larry Fitzgerald's situation is still kind of up in the air. You know, I know that they still have, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. They went out and they got, they picked up AJ Green. Who knows what's going to happen with him health-wise. Um, but for more, he's shown a lot of promise in camp so far. And he's another guy that I would not, I'd feel fine starting him again. Wide receiver three flex option starting week one to begin the year. Totally agree as well. The electrician, yep. man, Rondale Moore. You know what the exciting part is? They're they're manufacturing ways to get him the ball. So that means they know how much ability he has, and I'm all for it. I think he's going to be phenomenal in his rookie season. What about Amon Ross St. Brown, Detroit Lions? Oh, so Amon Ross St. Brown, I don't have him ranked that much lower than, than Rondell Moore in my rankings, and they're going very similarly in drafts. Rondell Moore is going 1609. St. Brown's going 1708 right now and st brown has the opportunity to be the the lions number two receiver you know and i think in that offense where a lot of those roles have not been defined quite yet then st brown could definitely be jumping up in my rankings over the next few weeks but i think he's somebody that might need a few more weeks to develop as opposed to some of these other rookies so with st browns i'm a little bit more cautious but i think by week four week five he could be you know kind of that weekly filler for you I like him a lot. I, and I, I don't hate your rationale whatsoever. It is the the uh, cautiously optimistic approach. I'm in. I, I think Amon Ra is this guy. I think he's going to take away the slot presence. I don't think there is really anybody there to uh, take it away from him. Jared Goff is already developing that chemistry. You saw he only caught two passes in week one. But I mean, the, the routes are there. It looks crisp. I, I like him so much that I'm willing to take a chance on him, even if he is a bench stash. Wait and see. Last mm-hmm. one I got, buddy, Josh Palmer, L.A. Chargers. 
Josh Palmer is an interesting one because he's been he's been rising up the up the rankings so far. And especially like when you look at Sleeper and all these other drafting apps, he's been like one of those trending players, you know. Um, so for me, you've got, you know, you have your Keenan Allen, you have your, your, your Mike Williams, right? So I think with Josh Palmer, he's someone that's definitely going up as that wide receiver three option and where they don't have Hunter Henry anymore, you know, they have another, you know, all those vacated targets. So for me, Palmer, he's definitely more of like that wide receiver four option. You know, mm-hmm. I've definitely have a little bit more lower in my rankings right now, but I do think he can beat out guys like a, like a Jalen Guyton, you know, for that number three's position or number four position. But I want to see what he can do with, with Herbert first before I'm ready to plug him into my lineups. I totally understand. And I just get the warm and fuzzies from his six receptions for 36 yards, showing that he could be this PPR guy in week one. And, and for me, I, I, I've been a fan. I've, I think he's going to do very well there. He's got a lot of traits that are going to make him very sound. I'm in on Josh Palmer. I just, it's again, it's a wait and see bench stash about two week, a hold two weeks of holding him. I think before you let him into the waiver wire mm-hmm. again, but that's kind of where I see it, man. That's all I got, buddy. That was a long show today. A lot of fighting between me and you today. Yeah, but it was like good fighting, you know, it was good fighting. I feel, I feel attacked. Yeah. I don't feel good. I feel attacked today. I'm going to have to go cry myself. No, to no, sleep it's, tonight. It's, it, it, it's not you. It's me. <laughs> So now alcoholism is going to be my problem tonight because you said it's you, not me. Thank you. Thank you well, for yeah, the pick me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, if it's going to be my problem, it's got to be your problem. This is how, this is how friendship works. This is how it works. Okay. You bastard. I'll give you the freebie <laughs> this time. Don't ever let it happen again. No, oh, whatever. It's all in good fun. But before we get out of here, Jake has an important message for everybody. So listen up. Yeah, real quick, though, before we get out of here, I want to take a quick second here, Chris, and I want to make sure I shout out our, our partners here for the year at Fantrax.com. I mean, Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, hands down, right now, offering the greatest fantasy experience for you, uh, for your dynasty keeper, redraft, best ball leagues, whatever it is you play, they have you covered. And we want to make sure we get you guys in a position to really come in and play with us this year. We're going to have some best ball challenges with some cash prizes coming up here in the coming weeks, but you can set up your account now and it's 100% free. So head over to fantracks.com slash headliners, sign up for that free account, and then stay tuned to our Twitters, to our YouTubes, the, the community tabs on YouTube, all over the place. We're going to be posting links for these upcoming best ball challenges Totally looking forward to that, but make sure you head over there and sign up for that account right now, fantracks.com slash headliners. So on I know that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris Kennedy 318. To all the listeners, thank you for all the support. And on behalf of Chris, thanks again for listening. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.